Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Wednesday, January 15th, 2020. My name is Jay Zawoski. I am the host of Lockdown Blackhawks. That's why you're hearing my voice. See how that works. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Blackhawks come back from an early 2-0 deficit in Ottawa to beat the Senators 3-2 in overtime. Dominic Kubelik with a pair of goals again. Jonathan Taves with the overtime game winner. Taves factored in all three goals last night. We're going to get into the whole thing, break it down as we always do. It's also game night, so we'll take a look ahead at tonight's opponent, the Montreal Canadiens. But first, let's tell you how to get in touch with the podcast, shall we? Voicemail 708-653-0572. Email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. There you can also follow my personal account at jayzawaski670 and my other hawks podcast the madhouse chicago hockey podcast if you like this one i think you'll really enjoy the madhouse podcast follow that account at madhouse pod so let's get right to it and as this game started i was feeling myself get irritated because it felt like another one of those incidents where the hawks just kind of assume victory we're just going to go out there we're going to take the ice The Ottawa Senators aren't as good as we are, and we're just going to skate circles around them. And Ottawa got out to a 2-0 lead before the first commercial break, and already it just started to feel like one of those games again. It took the Hawks about 10 minutes into this game to really get things going, to really start to dominate the play. Finished out the first period strong. Then the second period started again, and it was still five or six minutes And the Hawks only had one shot on goal the entire period. They've got to get out of this, we are better than the opponent, we are going to win by default mindset because it's simply not true. I've said it a few times on this podcast, and I'll say it again. The Hawks play down to inferior opponents, but they need to realize that they are an inferior opponent. They're one of the easier teams to beat in hockey. And until they get that in their heads and start playing every game like it matters that's how these things are going to go and it took till overtime to beat one of the worst teams in a national hockey league the Ottawa Senators are 16 22 and 7 that's not good 16 22 and 7 actually 16 22 and 8 now I mean You can't assume you're going to beat anybody. But to have points in this game where the Iowa Senators look better, it's inexcusable. It really is. And, you know, Robin Leonard played well as the game went on, made a couple big saves, wasn't challenged much as the game went on. And and that's – see, that's the thing. The Hawks at some point realized, oh, okay, we've got to actually play this game. And then when they started to take note of that and started playing with the intensity and with the attention to detail that I mention all the time, they started to dominate. They started to take over. I do think there are teams in this league that the Blackhawks are much better than. And I'm confident saying that. I think they're much better than Detroit. I think they're much better than Ottawa. I would say the same thing against New Jersey, but New Jersey's had their number. I think they're much better than Anaheim. They have to play 60 minutes 
against everybody to get wins. They can't assume victory against anyone. So as soon as the Hawks sort of woke up in this game and realized that that's what it was going to take, things started going well, and they started dominating and dictating the play. They're capable of it. They're capable of dictating the play. And if you look at the game flow charts on naturalstattrick.com, which is our go-to for uh, the uh, you know our fancy stats, and you can always find a link to Natural Stat Trek in the description of this podcast every episode. There's a flow chart, which is you know plus and minus Corsi as the game goes on, and it's it's a you know to start Ottawa has the advantage, but a slight advantage early on. Then it starts going to favor the Hawks, and halfway through to second, boom, big jump in the Blackhawks' favor, and they took over. They're capable of it. When you see the Blackhawks focus in, work on precise passing, smart plays, puck support, all those things, they are capable of playing a good and dominant game of hockey against the lesser teams. But there's no one they're that much better than that they can just come out and skate to victory half-assedly. They can't do that. And if you heard Duncan Keith's interview on Spittin' Chicklets a few months ago, he mentioned, like, back in the Cup era, they knew they could play like 85% most nights and win just on talent. And if they were down a goal or two late, they would just kick it into gear and come back and win. They were able to do that against Ottawa. And Jonathan Taves, if you missed overtime, go back and watch it on your DVR. Jonathan Taves basically just had the puck the entire time and, is, and said, I'm going to win this game. Split the defense, but lost the puck. Uh, cutting to the net and got the puck back behind, circled out in front, and snapped a beautiful wrist shot. And uh, the Hawks win. Uh, Marcus Ho- Hogberg, which is my favorite name in hockey. <laughs> Hogberg. I know it's, it's not exactly how you do it, but it's just, it's funny. I'm sorry. I'm a child. Um, I also chuckled during episode 69, so don't make fun of me. But, uh, you know, Taves just sort of single-handedly had had enough and wanted to win that game. There was a, a moment earlier in the game where he had a great wide open net that he just missed, and he, I think he broke a stick on the bench, smashed it against the boards a few times, and then just threw it behind him. Uh, Taves was frustrated and wanted to make good on that missed opportunity, and he did. So at the end, everything ends okay. The Hawks get the win, the 3-2 win over the Senators, uh, and and I guess it's a good result to what started off as a sort of itchy and not fun night as a Hawks fan. Saw a lot of frustration on Twitter from people watching the game. But the Hawks win. That's what's important. And, uh, man, Jonathan Taves, it's crazy. It's only his 12th goal of the year. But he had three points. Like I said, he was a factor in all three goals. He had the second assist on Kubelik's first goal, the primary assist on Kubelik's second goal, and uh, obviously the game-winning goal in overtime, so he has a total of 38 points on the season. So he's starting to come around. 38 points in 46 games, maybe not the pace you'd want from Jonathan Taves, but remember, he was off to a really slow start. So if he continues this pace as the season goes on, you're going to see the numbers right where you'd expect Jonathan Taves to be, and that's a good thing. He's been one of the better Blackhawks lately, and I don't know if he's been getting enough credit because Patrick Kane's been so good And now Dominic Kubelik, who scored another pair of goals last night against Ottawa. They're the two getting all the headlines, and rightfully so, they should be. But Taves has been really, really good as well. 
and um, that should not be left in, in hindsight. I think Jonathan Taze is a guy who's been taken for granted a little bit over his career, and he's been uh, one of the best Blackhawks over the, what, the last month, I'd probably say. This spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training, amazing weather, beautiful landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, and my favorite part of any vacation, the incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. There are 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, and the weather is absolutely gorgeous, 75 degrees, sunny almost every day, and all 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles of each other. Check out amazing restaurants and bars nearby. There's live music from local and national artists, museums featuring everything from native heritage to modern art to musical instruments from around the world. Hit the road and explore Arizona's urban centers, ghost towns, artsy communities, and, and quirky outposts. There's hiking, there's biking, Jeep tours, hot air balloons, skydiving, jet skiing, or just taking in a sunset. No matter what you love to do, Arizona has you covered. They've got tons of stuff for kids to do and see, like wildlife parks, science museums, aquariums, dude ranches. It's the place to be for spring training. I'm going the first week in March. I cannot wait. Join me at spring training in Arizona. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is game day, so we're going to forego down the number line. But first, we've got to get to the pluses and minuses of the game. And we will start, as we always do, because I'm an optimist. I like to start with the positives. Let's start with the pluses. First plus of the game goes to Jonathan Taves, who, like I said, factored in all three Chicago goals including the game-winning goal in overtime. He sort of willed the Blackhawks to victory in overtime. He had had enough of the Ottawa Senators and wanted to go home and prepare for tonight's game against Montreal. So he just put an end to things very quickly. Jonathan Taves, a goal, two assists, plus three, 20-33 of ice time. An odd night for Taves where he does not finish over 50% from the faceoff dot. He won nine and lost 10. That's 47%, but that is a rarity when it comes to Jonathan Taves. Otherwise, absolutely tremendous performance start to finish from Taves. Second plus is going to go to Duncan Keith. Plus three on the night. Really a solid game for him. Defensively, things happened when he was out there. A shot on goal. Two more shots of his were missed. He had a takeaway and a block shot as well. Solid game for, for Duncan Keith. Dominic Kubalik, once again, two goals. Plus two, nine shots on goal. He also had a shot that was blocked and a shot that was missed. So 11 shot attempts for Dominic Kubalik. This guy has figured it out. He has taken the next step in his career and he is absolutely on fire. I call him Dominic Kuba on fleek. I'm so sorry. Oh God, what have I done? Anyway, he had a really good game. Again, uh, one little... No, I'm going to save it for the minuses. I got to save it. I got to stick to the format. Alex Dabrinkit, no points, but he had eight shot attempts of his own. And I want to focus on Drake Kajula here. Solid game for him. I really like what he's brought to the table since he's come back. 14-19 of ice time. The on-ice stats 
for Drake Kajula are incredible. Five on five, Kajula played 12 minutes and 37 seconds. His Corsi 4 rating, listen to this, 88.24. 15 shot attempts, four with Kajula on the ice, two against. You're more of a Fenwick guy? Fine. 80%. Eight shot attempts for two against when you're looking at the Fenwick. Dominic Kubelik, who I just mentioned, 76.92% in the Corsi 4 percentage. 20 shot attempts for with him on the ice, six against. And how about Jonathan Taves, 73.08 Corsi 4 percentage, 19 shot attempts for with him on the ice, seven against. Every Blackhawk, with the exception of Matthew Highmore, who was 46.15%, and Dylan Secura, who was 41.67% in the Corsi, finished over 50%. And Highmore, it was only one more shot attempt allowed than attempted 6-7, to seven, and it was 5-7 to seven for Secura. So a dominant possession game for the Blackhawks. And look, despite the slow start, the Hawks were the better team. They outshot Ottawa. 30-22, to 22. so they skated away with two points, as they should have. Just the start of that game was very frustrating. Oh, one more plus I want to give to Kirby Doc, who early in the game passed up an opportunity to shoot, tried to make a pass. It didn't work out, but as the game went on, you saw exactly what I've been talking about with Kirby Doc. Get in front of the net, put yourself in a position to score, battle for pucks, play a north-south game. This was Kirby Doc's best game in a while. All right. Now let's get to the very few minuses. First minus for me has to go to Jeremy Cowlton because there's no one else to give it to. The team, once again, was not ready to play when the game started, and it took them a good 10 minutes into the game to engage, to start to focus, to start, start to play the way they're expected to play on a nightly basis. So until these starts get sorted out and the Hawks start playing, as hard as they can for 60 minutes every game or most games, Jeremy Cowton's going to get a minus. Another one for him as well. I hated David Kampf on that line. I felt like every time an opportunity to score came up, the puck would go to David Kampf and the chance would go to die. The Brinkett, Doc, Kampf did not work for me. And again, I think Doc played well. I think Dabrinkit played well. But every time something started to materialize from that line, the puck would find David Camp's stick and the, the it would just disappear. Boop, that was it. So that was frustrating. I said it on yesterday's Lockdown Blackhawks that I hated those lines and I stand by it. And of course, Hawks get down two and what happens? Patrick Haynes put on the top line again. And it's Kubelik, Taves, and Kane. Just make that the top line. Just do it. That was the only line that really had anything going last night. So just own it. You've got a lot of injuries right now. Hopefully Strom and Saad are back soon. There's a possibility of that, of them playing. Probably not tonight, but Saturday or maybe Sunday. But until then, just stack that top line. No one's going to stop that line. The way Kubelik's playing, the way Taves is playing, the way Kane has played all season, Put that line out there. Let them dominate. Hopefully they get a goal or two throughout the game, and then you count on some of your depth scoring to come through or your power play to come through. Just put that line together for the love of God. In my last minus, I know people are going to get mad at me, 
And I know Dominic Kubelik had two goals, but the game was tied, and Patrick Kane was trying a little too hard to get him the hat trick. Do that with a lead. Don't do that when you're tied. Okay, vent over. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day, Jay Zawoski with you here. It's been a while since we've gone behind enemy lines, but let's do that. Let's take a look at tonight's opponent, the Montreal Canadiens. The Hawks are in Montreal tonight at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. So hopefully the Hawks can get a pair of wins in a row and uh, keep this winning streak. Well, it's not really a streak until you get three in a row. I learned that in Major League. So they get a third win here against Montreal, then a tough game against Toronto on Saturday, Winnipeg on Sunday, and then Joel Quenville and the Florida Panthers coming to town on Tuesday before the All-Star break. So Montreal, what do you need to know? Currently in the standings, Montreal is four spots from the bottom of the Eastern Conference. They are 20, 20, and 7 with a minus 3 goal differential. At home, they're 9, 11, and 4. They're a better team on the road than they are at home, but they have won two games in a row. Taking a look at their scoring leaders, Thomas Tatar, 39 points in 47 games. Max Domi, 33 points in 47 games. Brendan Gallagher, who is day-to-day, has 32 points in 41 games. Shea Weber, 32 points in 47 games. And Ilya Kovalchuk, who they just signed as a free agent after things did not work out in L.A., has four points in his five games with Montreal. He's got a goal and three assists. So he's uh, he's been a factor early on in his Montreal career. When we look at some of the advanced statistics and look at the Corsi 4 percentage, this is, of course, as we always do over the last 10 games, Montreal 10th in the National Hockey League. With a 52.30 Corsi 4 rating, the Blackhawks, 8th in the NHL over their last 10 games with the 52.35 Corsi 4 percentage. Last night's game went a long way in, in boosting those numbers, of course, but two teams that have been playing better lately when you look at the advanced statistics, so hopefully that bodes well for an exciting game from two teams that need it. Let's take a look as we always do as well, at the high danger scoring chances. Shows you what they've been generating lately as far as uh, high quality chances. Montreal, 13th in the league over their last 10 games with the 51.04 high danger chance uh, percentage. 98 chances for 94 against the Blackhawks, 24th in the league with a 45.45 percentage. That's 98 high danger chances for 108 against so it should be a pretty good pretty even matchup between these two teams glad to see they're both playing better uh, as the season's gone on here Um, especially over the last 10 games possession wise they've both been doing pretty well so uh, hopefully the Hawks can respond and come out strong on the back end of a back-to-back usually the team that plays the night before starts off pretty strong and then fades towards the end so maybe the Hawks can take advantage of the momentum they generated against Ottawa and get off to a hot start, maybe build a lead against the Montreal Canadiens and uh, skate away with a victory in Montreal. Because again, the next three games after this one do not get any easier. Toronto, Winnipeg, Florida, three tough matchups before the All-Star break. And we remember the last time the Hawks had a big break in the schedule was before Christmas. And they had a great opportunity to head out on the Christmas break on a positive note, and what happened? 
Do you remember what happened? Do I need to remind you what happened? A 7-1 loss to the New Jersey Devils on the 23rd of December. But they went on to win their next three games. So who knows? It's going to be an interesting stretch here. We are just about, just over a month away from the trade deadline. The trade deadline is February 24th. The Hawks have a lot of decisions to make between now and then, and the way they play over these next five to ten games are going to dictate a lot towards what they're going to do. What this team has done this season is they haven't really defined themselves as anything yet. I've said it before. Every time you start to lose faith and think this team just sucks, they're just bad, burn it all down, they have a couple nice games in a row and a couple nice wins in a row, and they start to convince you that, okay, well, maybe, you know, if they get hot, they get back in the playoff race a little bit, and you don't want to sell too soon. The other thing to consider is Stan Bowman probably knows that this season is make or break for his career as Hawks GM. Is he going to make some move to improve the team? And this is the unanswered question for me. And this this will be a topic probably for the next month on this podcast. How much power does Stan Bowman have? If he still has full GM power, the Hawks are five points out of that second wild card spot right now. They're a point behind Nashville. They're three points behind Winnipeg and five behind Edmonton. They play Winnipeg Sunday. That's a big game. They can leapfrog them by then, potentially. If the Hawks stay in this, does Stan Bowman have the full authority to make a move to improve the team? Or is he going to do the probably logical thing? Look at this thing realistically and say, let's sell the pieces we have. Let's try to stockpile some picks and some prospects and start looking towards the future. That question will be answered in just over a month. But until then, there is a lot to discuss and a lot of things that need to happen one way or another before Stan Bowman's ready to make any sort of decision like that. That's going to do it for Lockdown Blackhawks for Wednesday, January 15th, 2020. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you on Thursday. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Turn on those notifications so you know when it's out, you know when it's available. We will talk to you Thursday here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.